need to listen to that again so I know when to show up. Uh, well, good morning. It's great to have you here again to say that again. If you're joining us online, welcome. Uh, I don't know if anybody said this to you yet, but Happy New Year. Uh, that's, it, we're kinda, it seems like we're kind of into it a bit. Uh, but this is our first Sunday of 2020, and uh, it's great to start a new year, right? Because it's sort of like this opportunity to sort of hit the redo button or the new life, you know, like try it again. Um, but what we all know is even though it's a new year, like nothing has really changed, right? Physically, there's not really anything. I mean, all, all that we do physically that changes is we get to hang up a new calendar um, and really try hard not to write 2019 on uh, checks or documents or whatever. Other than that, Nothing's really new, right? But what we know is it's an opportunity to sort of do some self-evaluation. It kind of gives us an opportunity to really reflect on our lives, to maybe take stock of where we're at. And regardless of whether or not life is going really amazing, or maybe you've gone some, through some really tough things this last year, what we know is that we can look at areas of our lives and recognize we can probably do some things better. There's probably something in your life where you recognize and know that you can make some tweaks to improve some things. And what I'm excited about as we look into this series is it's an opportunity to recognize and reflect what can be the new you. How can you begin to manage yourself and create some things in your life that will help you get to where you want to be? Now, if you've looked in your program, uh, hopefully you found the message notes. Um, and if you looked at them, you've probably recognized that they're a little longer than normal. Uh, and I'm confident that I can get through all of it in less than two hours. So just... <laughs> hang tight. Actually, never. It actually, it kills me to come up with about 30 minutes of content, so if we ever go for two hours, you should start booing and throwing pens and stuff, because you will not want to be here for that two-hour message. Um, but one of the things in my life that's been a real blessing uh, is that God has allowed my family and I, we get to go to Mexico, or we've gone to Mexico many years uh, in a row for our family summer vacation, and it's been just a great way to get away and kind of relax and spend time together. And typically, most years, we've gone down to Puerto Vallarta, and one summer, uh, we'd been going to Puerto Vallarta for several years, and we decided, you know what, let's change it up, uh, and we decided to go to this little town that was about 30 minutes south of Cabo, San Lucas, and so we went down there, and what we discovered is that the beaches in Cabo are way different than the beaches in Puerto Vallarta. In Puerto Vallarta, we go out and we play in the waves, and it's fun, and there's these decent waves, and you can kind of jump around and splash in them, but, th but they're not very big. Sometimes, maybe if the wind gets really blustery, you might be, is that a word, blustery, you might be able to like body surf a little bit in them, but not, nothing really. Well, the year that we went to Cabo, what we discovered was this pretty different reality, and in fact, the beach that was right in front of our hotel, there were all kinds of warning signs that said, stay out of the water. So we're like, oh, great. Uh, and so we decided we would obey that, and the way that we obeyed that is we just walked down the beach a little bit in front of another hotel. Same warning signs, it just wasn't our hotel anymore. Uh, and so we thought, well, they're not going to get in trouble with these guys. So let's go for it. And so we jumped in the water, and we were playing, and it was amazing. These waves were crazy. In Puerto Vallarta, the waves, you know, they're like maybe a foot to two feet and whatever. We were in these waves that we would be standing, and it would be about knee height, and you would be looking at the wave that was coming, and it would be three feet above your head. And so we would dive through these waves, and, you know, we would jump over them, and, you know, if you could time it just right, you could dive with it, and you could ride the wave, or you'd time it wrong, and it would just churn you up. But it was amazing, and we had so much fun. And, and certainly the size of these waves were a part of the warning, like, don't, why you shouldn't be in the ocean. But as we played in these amazing waves, and we would continually count heads, we knew how many of us were like, okay, everybody, we'd, a wave would come by, and we're like, everybody's still alive? Okay, good. What happened after about 10 minutes, we recognized and we looked up and we were no longer standing in front of the hotel that we had started at. We were significantly drugged down the beach by a current that we didn't even know was there. 
And each and every time that we jumped in the wave, or each and every time we dove through a wave, we moved further and further down the beach. And in about 10 minutes, we were hundreds of yards down the beach from where we had started. It was amazing. It was so fun. We, we did it every, almost every day, as long as we didn't get in trouble. But what we found out is that without even trying, without paying attention, we were just trying to go in and out. We were just, this is what we were doing. We got moved from where we had planned to be. And what happens in our lives is oftentimes we get caught in some unexpected and unnoticeable currents in our everyday lives. And what can happen is we don't even realize it at first, but this current can begin to drag us away. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves just subtly pulled into a new reality. And some weeks can pass, and some months can pass, and, and sometimes even years go by before we notice that, oh goodness, where have I found myself? And something suddenly gets our attention, and we look up, and we realize that we've drifted way off course. So now maybe our blood pressure is high, or we're, we find ourselves 20 pounds overweight, or, or we're overwhelmed with stress, or we find that we hate our job, or we look at our bank account and it's almost empty and the debt that is growing is getting bigger and bigger, or we look at our spiritual life and, and we find that it's just sort of stagnant and we're feeling empty inside. Maybe some relationships have changed and maybe somebody moved away or, or maybe the way that you interacted caused you to move away and now there's this loneliness and, and you've just found that you've drifted. And one day you looked around and you thought, where am I? How, how did I get here? How, how did I let that happen? And maybe you look at the last year and you begin to realize, man, I've really drifted. And maybe last year you're looking at yourself and you're like, I, I, it sh last year could have gone better. I could have gone better. I could have done some things. So here's what I want you to understand and know, that life can be different. The amazing reality is that life with God means that every single day is an opportunity for a fresh start. And so to really set a foundation for this series, I want to read some words that are written by a guy named Paul. He's directed by God to write this letter to the church in Corinth. They were the, an ancient church, uh, and God really encouraged him to challenge these new Christians with these words. Uh, he wrote this not long after Jesus had been on earth, but this is what Paul says to the church in Corinth. He says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. What he's saying is there can be a new you. There can be a new life. And when you and I give our life to Jesus, the old life is gone, and now a new life begins, and you and I have the opportunity to become that new you. With unlimited potential, all kinds of things that we can do, all kinds of things that God wants to work in our lives, but unfortunately so many times our lives aren't the way that we know God has intended for them to be. And instead of our lives being what God has intended to be, our lives are full of frustration, and we're short on time, and we're low on energy, and we're stressed at work, and we're worried about our family, and we're disappointed that things aren't more fulfilling, and we just don't find ourselves where we want our life to be. And it's not really what God wants our life to be. God is saying, I want to help you become a new creature, a new thing. So let me give you a definition of what the new you can be. The new you is essentially, the new you is the you God intended. God has a plan for your life. God knows what he wants to do in your life. And maybe your story right now isn't the life or isn't the story you want your life to be and you isn't the story you want to tell and it isn't the story that God intended to tell. It's possible that you aren't where you expected to be and you're coming in to a new year but you're still feeling discouraged. You're still recognizing there's some things I got to change. And the good news is that you're probably not alone. 
And there's been people in the past that felt the same way. And the great news is that God never intended for you and I to be stuck. In fact, with God, it's never too late to get back on track. It's never too late for you and I to say, God, I want something different in my life. And God, would you work through me? Would you help me become this new, this new me, this new thing that you want to do in my life? And this year, God wants to give you that opportunity to become the new you. And so over the next five weeks, we're going to really focus in on what does God intend for your life? What has God created you to be? And really begin to look in the Bible and to get some ideas of how we can get back on track in some very important ways. This morning, we're going to talk about how do we get back on track spiritually. Then we're going to talk in the next couple weeks about how we get on track physically, how we get on track emotionally, financially, relationally. Because these are the areas in our life that we find ourselves most of the time dissatisfied with. And if we don't get these right, then they pour into the other aspects of our life. So really, I want to just kind of give us a foundational place to go from this morning and, and really look at this idea spiritually, because if we're not healthy spiritually, it, it does, everything else kind of holds together based on this one. So we have to begin to recognize, where are we at in our spiritual health? Because until we're spiritually healthy, we're not going to be able to work on all of the other things in the way that we truly can be. So this morning, what I want to give you, I want to look at five steps five decisions that you can make, five steps that you and I can begin to do that will help us experience the new you spiritually, five things, five declarations that you can make yourself. Now, certainly the five things that we're going to look at, there's way more things than these five that you can do to help yourself grow spiritually, but these are more, a, more of a foundational idea. Like, you can go to a conference, you can attend conferences, and you can read books, and you can listen to podcasts. Those are all great, but there's five concepts, I think, that are foundational to the development of, of getting our mindset and getting our heart aligned with who God is and really getting those things directed and changed and developed in a way that your mind and your heart and all of those things can be aligned with where God wants us to go and what God sees that you and I can be. So the first step, the first declaration for each of us is to say, I am going to take responsibility for my spiritual health. God has invested so much already in your spiritual health. He made the greatest investment when, when he sent his son Jesus to the earth to live and to ultimately die, to give up his life on the cross for you so that you could know God. And in response, you and I have to recognize we have to take responsibility for our own spiritual health, that we have the opportun opportunity to be in a real relationship with God. And what we have to understand, Ryan, I'm not sure where the click is coming. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's off something. Is it's me? I wonder why. I'm not moving hardly at all. What we have to understand, that will never, that will never work. I guess it's just going to have to happen. Uh, what we have to understand is that, that God has already invested in a big way in your spiritual health. And so the question has to be, how will we choose to invest in who we are? And a very critical component is understanding that, that spiritual growth never happens automatically. It never is just going to work out. You and I have to pursue it. We have to, we have to work to take progress in this. We have to cooperate with God. Because an amazing thing about God is he is going to meet us in the process, but he will never force us to grow. He will never demand that we grow. This incredible thing happened uh, in the life of Jesus where he had a brother named James. And somewhere along the process of Jesus interacting with his brother James, James eventually recognized that Jesus was way more than just a perfectly annoying big brother. Eventually, James recognized that Jesus truly was the Son of God. And then James reminds us of this truth. Sorry. I tightened it down, Ryan. I promised you. 
All right, here's what James says. James says, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Basically, it's simple. You and I have a role to play. You and I have to begin to take steps to get closer to God. And the moment that you and I take a step to come closer to God, he will always step towards us. But it starts when you and I choose to engage in the process. And the moment that you and I engage, at whatever level we engage, God will always engage, and he will always engage at a higher level. But we have to choose to put ourselves in a position. We have to place ourselves in a way that we can connect and grow with God. We have to own that for ourselves, and we have to be willing to ask ourselves some tough questions sometimes. We have to be willing to say, where am I at spiritually? Where am I at in my spiritual health right now? We have to look and say, am I growing in my faith? Am I becoming more and more like Jesus every single day? Am I developing some godly habits in my life that are allowing me to grow? We have to look at our life and say, am I doing things or am I experiencing God's peace in my life? And as we evaluate those things, we begin to see, okay, my, my spiritual walk, my spiritual relationship, it is growing, it is healthy. Years ago, a company or an organization called the Gallup Organization, they do lots of studies and polling, and, and they studied uh, 10,000 people, about 10,000 people that were followers of Jesus that, that said for themselves that they felt like they were spiritually healthy. And as they interviewed these individuals, they began to recognize that those people that felt like they were spiritually healthy had 10 traits that seemed to show up in these lives over and over again. If you look on the back of your message notes, I've actually listed those out for you. Uh, the Gallup organization called them the 10 pillars of spiritual health. Unfortunately, we don't have time during service to go through this, but I would really challenge you to take this tool home and really begin to evaluate for yourself. Where are you at spiritually? Because as you complete this, it's not a matter of getting done and, you know, you add it all up and look at it and be like, well, I'm not very good. This isn't a matter of discouraging you. It, isn't, it also isn't a matter if you score really high to be like, well, I don't have to worry about it. Thanks, Brent. Really, it's more about establishing a benchmark, benchmark for yourself. Where am I at? And then out of that, begin to say, how do I begin to take another step closer to God so that God can come close to me? It's really saying, how do I take responsibility for my spiritual health? Because as we look at the next four items, as these next four steps that we're going to look at, if you take this evaluation, then you can begin to do the other four things over the next month, and you can begin to take that test or your evaluation in a month and say, am I growing? Is there evidence of my, uh, that I'm improving? Is, is God really responding to this? Am I really taking those steps and seeing God respond to that? So the evaluation is pretty simple. Each and every item, you just look at it, you scale, you judge, you judge yourself, evaluate yourself on a scale of zero, meaning like it doesn't even register in your life, to, to 10, like it, uh, this is totally me, and then add all those up and just see where you're at. And then in a month after you've begun to pursue this, as you're beginning to say, God, I really want to grow spiritually, take it again and really begin to evaluate where is your spiritual health and taking that responsibility for yourself to say, I am choosing I am making a declaration that I am going to step closer to God and then trust that he's going to step closer to me. Then the second step, the second declaration for each of us is we just need to choose, I just need to confess my sins to God. What we have to understand is one of the greatest barriers from us growing spiritually is the sin that's in our life that we haven't gotten rid of, that we haven't spoken to God. And it prevents us from living the life that God intends. Now, around Silver Creek, we just essentially define sin as any choice, any action, any word, anything that you and I do that breaks relationship with God or breaks relationship with other people. And if there's sin in our life, that, that decision that we've done that broke relationship, then it, it would clearly, because it broke relationship, it would clearly hinder our spiritual relationship with God. 
And if we don't get that sin taken care of, then it begins to just wreck that, and it doesn't allow it to grow the way it should. I mean, we could just transfer that over into any relationship. For example, let's say after service, you walk through the lobby, and I walk up, and I just kick you in the shin. Okay? Um, that's probably going to break relationship, right? <laughs> For a moment, at least. And uh, maybe, maybe it's accidental. Probably not, right? Like, unless I admit that I made a mistake, unless I tell you that my action, okay, I know I hurt you, unless I recognize or acknowledge that that was damaging, until I do that, it's going to be difficult for you and I to grow closer, right? Unless you're a way bigger person than me. And you get, you, you're welcome to kick me in the shin afterwards and see if we, but, but basically until that sin is dealt with, we can't grow in that relationship. And until we deal with sin, we can't move forward. And we have to recognize, we all deal with it. None of us are perfect. We have to understand that it, there's this great danger because of the sin in our life. It creates this rift in the relationship, and it prevents us from living the life that God intends for us to live. And until we deal with that, it will literally bring our spiritual growth to a standstill. Until you and I get that sin out of our life, we will just continue to carry it around. And we will go into 2020 having not dealt with sin from 2019, and we just get to carry this heavy bag, this heavy weight of the sin in our life until we choose to get rid of it. Until we choose to say, you know what? God, I, I messed up. And it could be that there was one poor choice over the holidays, or, or it could be something in your life that's ongoing and you're dealing with it over and over and again. It really doesn't matter what it is. Until you and I decide that we're going to tell God, I, I blew it. And sometimes we might have to say, I blew it again. I messed up again. Until we do that, we just have to, we end up carrying that around. And it continues to prevent our relationship from growing. But the amazing news is that God has promised us. God has already told us. He's already said, if you'll confess, I'll forgive you every time. And when you and I are in relationship with Jesus, every time that we confess that sin, every time we say, God, I've made a mistake, every time I say that, God, I'm so sorry, he'll forgive us. He'll immediately restore that relationship with us. Immediately he'll begin to say, yep, yep, that heavy bag of sin, set it down. You don't have to carry it anymore. And literally confessing is just saying, God, I recognize that I messed up. I recognize that I broke a relationship with you. I recognize I broke a relationship with somebody else. God, I'm sorry that I've done that. Would you forgive me? And whenever we do that, God immediately says, let me take that baggage. Let me take that regret. Let me take that guilt, that shame that you're carrying. Let me take that from you. And let me, walk, let, let me allow you to walk in freedom and forgiveness. Listen to some more words uh, that were written. These are some of the most amazing words in all of the Bible. It says this in 1 John 1, 9. It says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from, this is the important word right here, every wrong. Every wrong. It doesn't even matter how big it was. It doesn't matter how small it was. Every single thing that you and I have ever done, God's like, yeah, I completely forgive that. And the problem is sometimes for us, we're not sure how to forgive ourselves. Sometimes we're not even sure that God is capable of forgiving, and so then we end up dragging the weight of that sin. But, but really, God is saying, whatever it is, whatever it is, I've paid the greatest price by allowing my son to die so that you can be forgiven. And when you and I choose to be a follower of Jesus, when we pray and we say, God, I'm so sorry for what I've done wrong. I'm so sorry that that, that was a part of my decision. Would you forgive me? Immediately, he removes that sin from, from our lives. And when you and I pray, if we're sincere, and if we're sincere in that confession, God is always ready. He is always willing to forgive. And you and I are then free to move forward. Now we're able to, to grow and become that new you, that forgiven you, that, that spiritually healthy you.
And if you're here this morning and you're not already a follower of Jesus, if you've never prayed and asked Jesus into your life, God so desperately wants to step into your life and he wants to guide you and he wants to direct you and he, he really wants to be able to forgive you of all of those things in your life. He wants to begin that relationship with you. And really, there's, there's no greater way that, to start a new year than to say, I'm going to start this relationship with him. And when you came in this morning, on your Connect card on the backside, there's an opportunity for you to mark down that you're interested in knowing more about what it is to be in relationship with him. An opportunity for you to say, I am interested in having God in my life. What an amazing way to start this year. And, and by checking that box, basically you're going to start a conversation with me, and I'm going to send you some information about what all that looks like. I want to walk through that process with you and all, all that it means and the steps that you can take and, and how important it is and what you can do to make that choice really stick in your life. Reality is this. You, you don't need me to do that. You can, on your own, in a conversation with Jesus, simply ask him to come into your life, to forgive you for the sin in your life, to come into your life and begin to lead you into becoming the new you. In terms of involving me, I just want to be a resource to you help you walk through that. And so, so maybe that's a decision you've made in the past, but you really just kind of need to, to reestablish what it means to be in relationship with Jesus, or maybe you've never made that. If you'll check that box, I just want to start a conversation with you and help you move forward in that. But if you and I are going to grow, if we're going to become the spiritually healthy new you, it starts by first taking responsibility for our own spiritual health. Then it comes to choosing to confess our sin. And then the next step, the critical thing is we have to fully engage with our church. It's a decision to say, I will fully engage with my church. The reality is God created each and every one of us to need each and every one of us. And there's really no way that you and I can become the new you that God intends for us to be unless we're a part of a group of fellow followers of Jesus, unless we're engaged together. And the reality is that each and every one of us need a church family. And, and whether it's this church family or another church, you have to be plugged in. Paul wrote and described about this idea of the church members, and he kind of described it as parts of a body. You may have heard this before. 1 Corinthians 12 says this, But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. I mean, how absurd would that be, right? If your hand ever all of a sudden just popped up one day and was like, I got this, I don't need you anymore, right? It has to be the hand because nothing else really has the ability to do that, right? But if your hand was ever like, I got this, I don't need the rest of you, cut me loose. Like your hand, it, if you got rid of it, like the rest of me could continue. I mean, I have to figure out how to eat because I'm right-handed, but like I wouldn't be able to function. My hand would just wither and die and go away. And Paul is saying the same is true of you. Every now and then I hear people say, ah, I don't need church. I get, I'm better off growing spiritually on my own. It's not going to work. Paul is saying, you have to, if you're a member of the body of Christ, you have to be plugged in and part of the church. And if this church doesn't work for you, you've got to find a church that does. Because if you want to be the new you, if you want to grow spiritually, God intended for you to be a part of a church family, to be connected with other believers to be tied into people that are going in the same direction that you desire to go. Because if you don't, you're, you're just going to wither and you're going to fade away in your faith. And you won't become what God intends you to be. And you'll really just begin to stay the same old you. And as you and I begin and move into 2020, and if we decide that we truly want to be spiritually healthy, if we want to get closer to God, we have to understand how critical it is and make the decision to really begin to connect into God's family. 
And there's lots of different ways that you can do that, and you can serve, and you can do different things, but really the greatest way that you can do that is get into one of our connect groups. And Julianne was mentioning that there's lots of different ways. Some, some are interest-based, some are study-based, and really what we all recognize, if you're introverted at all like me, like a church Sunday, like it's so easy to slip in and slip out. It's so easy not to, sh to show up here and not get connected and to really not really know anyone. But you and I need to connect. We need to surround ourselves. We need to be in relationship with other people that have similar spiritual goals and that are growing in the same way to help move each other forward. And honestly, our groups are just getting started. They just kicked off. It is not too late. If you're not in a group, you need to be in one. And if you look at your schedule and you're like, well, none of them fit my schedule, change your schedule. Like, it's literally that important that you need to make the steps necessary to figure out how to get to be a part of one of these. And sign up. There's a group that I run that's just a prayer group. We meet once a month for an hour. And it's a way to just to start to get to know some other people. And we'll try to make it as easy as possible. You can register on our app. You can register on our website. You can write it down on your Connect card. Please sign me up for this group. But it's just critically important. Super easy to join, but so important for you in your life. If you want to become the new you spiritually, we have to accept responsibility. We need to confess sin. We need to engage with our church family. And then the next one is that we need to begin to set goals for my life spiritually. We have to begin to make some decisions to say, this is where I'm going. And we're, we're a goal-driven society. I mean, that's why New Year's Eve, everybody's making resolutions. Well, maybe not everybody, but people are doing it. And we, we set goals in our life all the time for our health, and we set goals for our finances, we set goals for our careers. We set all kinds of goals for our kids, all, all kinds of things. But oftentimes, we don't set goals spiritually. Just for some reason, it's not something that we tend to do very often. In Philippians 3.13, Paul, however, says this. He says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Probably most of us, if we look at our life, we, could, we, we would line up with that very first statement where we would say, Yeah, I haven't achieved it yet. I'm still a work in process. I'm still working to get where I should be. I'm not where I should be. Because ultimately, none of, us are, none of us are perfect. None of us have arrived. And Paul is saying, the key that I found for myself, if I'm not there yet, is I have to forget the past. I have to recognize, okay, I failed. It's not, and now I'm going to press forward. I'm going to press into the future. And what Paul is saying is, I have set some spiritual goals for my life. And if you and I want to experience the new you, it's so important spiritually to set some goals. Again, on the back side of your message notes, I've left some space for you to write down some spiritual goals. For you to really to begin to identify, what are the things that I'm looking to achieve? Because as we begin to create these spiritual goals, really, we're, we're just making statements of faith. We're really just saying, I am convinced that this is what God wants to do in me. As we write down those goals, we're saying, God, this is what I believe you want me to aim at, and this is what I'm feeling like you're calling me to become. As we begin to write those goals down, it's a, it's a very powerful way to us to see, for us to see what is it that I'm headed for? What is it that I need to do then to reach those goals? Sometimes goals can be intimidating. Sometimes we're like, well, if I write these goals down and somebody sees them, what are they going to think? It's critical for you and I to write these down and begin to say, what is it that I'm going after? And what are some of the habits and things that I need to establish in my life that will allow me to reach those goals? Over the last couple of months, uh, I've done lots of reading and lots of listening uh, to ideas on how do we establish habits in our lives, and I've listened to about four books on it, and really, there's two things that I think are really critical 
It's two simple, simple, simple things that you could do in your life to begin to reach these goals that you've set or that you want to set. The first goal or first idea is this thing called habit stacking. Uh, there's this book called Atomic Habit. It's written by James Clear. I believe that's his name. And he got, talks through lots and lots of things. But there's this idea that he's called habit stacking. And essentially habit stacking is where you take a habit that you're already doing. Something that's already happening, something that you do all the time, probably you don't even think about it. It's just a habit that you do. And then on top of that habit, you just begin to build a habit that you desire to do. Here's how it looks in my life. I really need to drink more water. Okay, I'm not very good about drinking water, and I have this really fancy water bottle. It's not a fancy water bottle. Uh, it's a black water bottle with a Silver Creek sticker on it. And what I find is oftentimes I either don't have my water bottle or my water bottle doesn't have any water in the water bottle. And so I was like, okay, I've got to figure out how to consistently have my water bottle with water. There's a habit in my life that I never miss. Every single morning, without question, I never forget to drink a cup of coffee. Okay, like I don't even have to, it just, it just do it every morning. And so what I've done is, now, after I pour my first cup of coffee, after I pour that, before I ever get to take a drink of that cup of coffee, I have to find my water bottle, I have to fill up my water bottle, and now it's ready for the day. And now I've actually started to kind of panic in the mornings when I can't find my water bottle. So at night, now I put my water bottle where I know I'm going to find it because i got to get to the cup of coffee. Right? And so now, now I go throughout my day, and some days I drink the entire water bottle. And some days I just carry around a full bottle of water. But I've set myself up because I stacked one habit that I desired on top of a habit that I already do. So let's say you want to develop the spiritual goal of let, uh, like contributing financially. You're like, okay, I think this makes sense. I want to do this. I want to, I want to demonstrate my gratitude to God, but I just keep forgetting. I don't know how to get it done. And how do I? Well, if you're anything like me, the habit that I have is I, I usually am able to know when my paycheck hits my account, right? So maybe for you, whatever it is that you do to like process that paycheck, whether you look at the direct deposit or you have to go to the bank or whatever it is, maybe for you, you say, I'm going to stack the habit of as soon as I check my pay check for that paycheck or I deposit, I'm going to write that check or I'm going to jump on the app or whatever it is. You just, you take that habit that you desire and then you put it on top of a habit that you already do. Just figure out what those are. And then the other strategy that James talks about is he says, don't create any habit that takes you longer than two minutes. He's like, don't set some great big lofty goal that takes all kinds of effort and all kinds of energy. He's like, if you want to run a marathon and you're not a runner, he's like, don't set your goal to be to run every day. He's like, don't even set your goal to run a 5K. He's like, set your goal so simple that you can begin to develop a habit that you can do in less than two minutes every day. So he says, if you want to run a marathon and you're not a runner, he says, set your goal every day to be putting on your running shoes. That's it. Every day, the goal is put on your running shoes. And eventually, every day, it just becomes a habit. Every day, you're like, well, I just put on my running shoes every day. And then someday, you're going to put on your running shoes because that's what you do every day. And you're going to be like, well, I have these shoes on. I might as well walk to the mailbox and back. I can get to the mailbox and back in two minutes. And then eventually, you walk to the mailbox every day. And eventually, you're like, well, I might as well walk around the block. And then after you walk around the block, you're like, well, maybe I'll jog around the block. But the goal, the habit is put my shoes on every day. So if this morning you're saying, you're like, my goal is to read the Bible more. My goal is to pray more. My goal is to memorize scripture. Don't write the goal that I'm going to read the Bible for an hour every day. Honestly, make your goal be, I'm going to read my Bible for two minutes every day. And don't let yourself go a moment over that. That's all you get. 
And if you go for two weeks or a month where all you do is you read your Bible for two minutes every day, there will be a moment where you're like, I think I could read my Bible for two more minutes. I've already got this habit of reading it for two minutes. Maybe I'll read it for two more minutes. But don't set yourself up with goals that you can't achieve. Set yourself up with goals and habits that you can achieve and that you can easily begin to build on. And Paul is saying you got to press on. you got to give effort. you got to have that personal responsibility acknowledging I have to take steps that allow me to get closer to God and then God will come closer to me. And then the last step that you and I need to recognize and we have to ultimately, I have to admit my dependence, my complete dependence on God. For you and I to get where we need to go, we can try as hard as we want, we can write as many goals down as we want, but until we say, God, I need you in this process, it's not going to work. Listen to this verse out of James 4. James 4.10 says this, When you bow down before the Lord and admit your dependence on Him, He will lift you up and give you honor. So maybe this morning you walked in here and you realized you're not where you're supposed to be. Or you realize you're not where you want to be spiritually. And you're recognizing and saying, God, I, I, I desperately want to grow. I want to be in a different place spiritually. And maybe you recognize that, that you've been trying this on your own and you've been trying to write your own story and it's exhausting and it's discouraging and you're like, God, i got to change this. How do I change this? And it starts with you and I recognizing and saying, God, I am completely dependent on you to help me with this. Even though I've got a two-minute goal set, God, would you help me to do that? God, I need your power. I need your help to be in to do this. And so wherever you're at today, even if things are going really well, my guess is that you want to grow in this. And for each of us, it's saying, God, I am admitting, I am declaring, I need your help in this. So what I want to do before we even dive into the connect group or connect cards and kind of your next steps, if this is where you're at, if you're recognizing you want to have something new spiritually, I just want to pray for each of us and pray over all of us that, that God would help us lean into him, that we would declare our dependence on him, and that he would help us grow into the new you each of us desire to be spiritually. Let's pray. God, this morning, you know where each of us are at. God, and you know where we want to become spiritually, and God, mostly, you know what you desire for us to be spiritually. God, this morning, would you help us to recognize how dependent we are on you and that we are completely dependent on you. God, we can take a step, but, but God, we may even just need your help to take that first step. So God, give us the motivation, give us the desire. Ultimately, would you grow within us a pursuit of you? God, maybe it's not even something we recognize that we have yet, but God, would you work through each and every one of us to recognize you have great hopes and great desires for who you want us to be? God, would you continue to work in our lives? Would you help us to be pursuing you? Would you help us to, to be so excited about this opportunity to sort of to reset and redo and become the new you that you've designed for us to be. God, we love you so much, and we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.